Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I'm Edwin. And I'm Sam. For the past seven days, I have suggested... Is that correct? Really <laughs> okay. Yes. Suggested Taco Way. Taco Way. Still not totally on board with the name, but okay. Yeah, I feel like they're, they're pushing it. <laughs> they're, they're pushing it with a Taco Way. They're not taking it away as gracefully as they think they are. <laughs> Taco Way is the latest game from a game company called Hexagoon. <laughs> Sorry, Hexagoon. that crept up on me. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I believe that they are also being published by Daylight Studios. It's really difficult to understand who's the actual developer and who is the publisher. Yeah, especially because like sometimes when they come into Apple and they submit to the Apple Store, Apple App Store, put, yeah, they put a different company under their publisher name. Mm. It's, just, it's tricky isn't it yeah being, who knew being a games journalist was so fraught with potential dangers and details it's very difficult but let me read you the description of taco way please do taco way a perspective puzzle game that is tough on the outside but squishy on the inside <laughs> like me follow taco the hexapus hmm. oh! And this perspective-based puzzler as she goes on a six-legged journey to escape captivity and find her place in the world. Alternate between perspectives while befriending eccentric sea creatures as they assist in maneuvering through bizarre lab terrains. Six tentacles, two worlds, one goal. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So this is a puzzler where you have to get from point A to point B. You know, if you think about stuff like Monument Valley... Or what was that other one? Uh, conundrum? Continuum? What was that? Oh. We uh, always, the one that we always forget the name for. You go back in time. Yeah. Um, continuum? Mm, it's not no. Continuum. Anyway, there's one game that we played where you had to go from point A to point B. And you had to like reverse your time or something like that. So it's in that same vein where like you have to go there... Uh, but the point of Taco Way is that your character, Taco, the six-legged hexapus, which I think is a new term, has a special ability to shift between two views. Uh, and mm, yes. uh, you do that by swiping your screen from left to right, kind of like a camera wipe. It shows you sort of the outside of the aquarium that you are versus the inside of the aquarium that you are, but then your position in that point stays the same, but then depending on that where that point is from the views that you shift, it sort of transfers you to the outside versus the inside, and you have to figure out how to orient yourself so you're not blocked by any sort of blockers or anything like that, and then make your way to the end point. Uh, and that's, in a nutshell, the game. Once again, it's one of these games that's very difficult to describe the mechanic of, but right. you get pretty easily when you're when it's on your phone in front of you. When you're in it, yes. Um, the art style is absolutely adorable. It has almost like an anime-type feel, almost like Sanrio, Hello Kitty, Japanese-y vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh. And uh, adorable. Uh, there are little expositions in between sort of worlds that tell you the happenings of Little Taco as she goes on her adventure. Um, but yeah. Which is amazing. We should talk about those little um, interstitials because they are all sort of comic book panels, mm-hmm. static images, no text, uh, which no I found text. very delightful. Yep. Music accompaniment, 
a little bit of sound effects, um, but happens. Uh, there are two ways that you can skip through these cutscenes as well. Oh, I love which, skipping cutscenes. Tell me more. Totally. So each cutscene sort of goes on its own, and it does like this um, Ken Burns effect of like either zooming in or like slowly panning out uh, from each scene with mm. very minimal movement in it, right? And then, um, so there are two types of skips. There's one skip, which allows you to skip each frame. So you can at least get the story at your pace, which is very nice. Or you can skip the entire cutscene altogether, which, you know, for people like Edwin... I never, I never touched that. <laughs> optimal. <laughs> so, Edwin, what did you think of this game? I thought this was absolutely delightful. Mm. I was, I mean, you've said the word adorable, and that is all I can say about it, really. That is the overarching um, adjective that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I can't get away from it because it is so cute. It is adorable. Can I tell you like, my favorite part? What is your favorite part? If you try, so you're in your this sort of isometric 3D world, and there are certain places you can't get to um, because like there's a wall in the way. And if you mm-hmm. try to do that, taco shakes their head in like the cutest way ever. Just goes no. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like, blah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Like when my parents tried to make me broccoli when I was a child. <laughs> But now look at you. <laughs> you love now broccoli. Now it's the best vegetable ever. So sometimes I would just purposefully select the wrong place to go just so Taco would shake their head. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I have to say, though, there are some parts of it when I first started playing it that was really, really confusing. Like, and I think the cutscene kind of made me understand it the wrong way. So okay. in the cutscene, in the beginning cutscene... Taco, the little octopus, kind of teleports herself by concentrating to above the aquarium that she was in, Mm. right? And I thought it was sort of a, okay, you're shifting through the wall, right? Like you're actually moving a spot. But then when you get to the actual gameplay, you're not actually moving uh, like visually. You're still staying in place, but like you're the shifting your position. You is yeah, it's sort of shifting. Perspective is changing, yeah. And so that took a really that that took a little bit of time for me to understand exactly what's happening because the perspective is kind of changing and your position and perspective is shifting technically. So I wish there was a better way that they explained that rather than, you know, it's not Taco actually just concentrating and moving into a different spot. It's like sort of the world is shifting around her, right? And that translated into gameplay a little bit differently than I expected. So it took my mind a little bit to actually get what was happening. Yeah, and I suppose it's tricky to explain a concept like that. It's difficult enough to explain it in words, let alone just in cute comic book panels. Right, So I understand, exactly. but yeah, I still, yep, I know what you mean. And there's like some parts about it where, um, especially as you get to the later levels, it kind of explains to you what's happening. Like, you know, in the second map you have to get rid of these blockers by standing on this platform. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't exactly clear what that was doing. And so right, I something kind of... Like electricity? Yeah. Like I kind of had to futz my way through and then figure out, okay, oh, I actually have to tap on these things, but I don't really understand what's happening. Uh, so it was, it was kind of difficult. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think... 
did that take away from your enjoyment for the game? Not really. It just it didn't make me get the gold star. <laughs> <laughs> Which you so dearly want. Right, but I think I think for this game, like the gold star is also a very minimal aspect and it's not it doesn't require you to get gold stars or anything for you to actually uh succeed in the game. So Sam, how far did you get in the game? I have got to World Three. Nice. So in this game, I think you have little dossiers, which is also very cute. The presentation of this is uh, very nice, super it cute, very well done. It's like, yeah. um, and each world is represented by little folders, and then within those little folders are like security cameras of the lab that you're in or your mm. lab that you're trying to escape. Right, it's almost like a detective files. Right? Yes, X Files is good. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, and each world consists of six little maps. And yeah, I'm on the, the third folder, which is technically the third world. Yeah, How I think there's you, six in total, mm. I think. Uh, I'm on world two right now. Mm. What, are, what are your general thoughts of the game? I thought it was super cute. I was half grabbed by it. Like the cuteness is absolutely there. I love it. But the actual gameplay... It's certainly not bad, but it wasn't quite, didn't quite tickle my brain. I think maybe because, because of this side to side swiping motion, which kind of flips your perspective, you can't, of course, you can't see the whole puzzle on your screen at once. You need to be in these sort of two modes and like remember, oh, which one has a wall, which one doesn't, right. um, which is again very hard to describe in words, but when it's in your hands, you understand. Um, and I think that sort of, because I couldn't quite hold those two states in my brain at once to like think through the puzzle. It mostly mm. ended up in trial and error. Exactly. Um, so I think maybe that's just how my brain works. So while I enjoyed it, it didn't, I wasn't totally grabbed by it. Yeah. I think to me, I had very similar sentiments. Like it came down to memorizing both views Right. And then the fact that you had to switch between the views in a very manual way, like you had to swipe it all across and you memorizing where the roadblocks are in one view and then memorizing where the roadblocks are in the other view. It's just trying to find your way through the clearest path. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're right. Like it's absolutely came down to like trial and error. Okay, let's try this area. Is that blocked? And because the two views are kind of showing different perspectives of the same object you weren't exactly sure or where your character would land up in the other view. Yeah. Yeah. Like it didn't have that sort of pleasing, or at least I didn't often get that pleasing sense of, Oh, I've worked it out. Look at mm. me do it. It's more like, Oh, right. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, I guess you I, I guess I did it. Just did it. <laughs> yeah. I sort of getting to feel smart and ah, ha ha. My brain now exactly. knows the system. But I think there was enough, like, they introduced a new element after each world, which I think, you know, if you're into this sort of thing, um, that could totally keep you engaged for a little bit longer. Yes. Um, but overall, like, I think the presentation was really well done. Yeah. And there's also, should we talk about the dash test mechanic? Mm. A little bit. What's the dash test? Dash test. Well, if you were to open up any of your previous dossiers on the levels oh. uh, it tells you it gives you a goal for your dash test which i assume mm. is what's the minimum number of moves you can do to complete the game 
or complete that level yeah. rather. Uh, <laughs> looking back at mine, mine were all quite embarrassing. My goal, <laughs> goal was eight for this level, and I did it in 20. <laughs> so yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you had to learn how to get around, but you're also being graded on it. And so mm-hmm. there's no way to be able to get that gold star unless you've done, you have to do it again. Yeah, so right? I think in a lot so of these cases. they're trying to add a little bit of like replayability to the game, which I appreciate. Right. Um, so maybe now, now, now you know about this, Sam, you have to go back and replay all your levels to get the, <laughs> to get in the minimum right. number. <laughs> and this is the way, like, this is, this is the reason why, like, I didn't appreciate that being associated <laughs> with the gold star. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think the gold stars are dependent on you progressing in any way. So I felt like I didn't have to do it. Mm. Unlike some other games. Yes. Yes. It's not like a gold. There's like a, a cost to progressing and you need to get the right number of stars to get to the next level or the next, uh, next folder. Should we get to the three by threes? Let's get to the three by threes. Three legs on the left and three legs on the right. That's that works for me. Like, like taco. Do you you get the joke? (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Yes. Very good. (laughs) The hexapus. <laughs> three good legs and three <laughs> yeah. rubbish legs. Just walking in circles. If you like, uh, if you like cute design stuff, this is definitely has it in all spades. I think the production, the the quality of the transitions, all very well done. Um, I think the designs are super cute, and if you like that sort of thing, check it out. I would pay three dollars just to watch Taco shake shake their head when you try and go to a place that you can't go to. <laughs> Am I crazy, Sam? Is it this, is that not just the cutest thing you've ever seen? It's very adorable. Okay. Yeah, it's just like does it's like a you know no <laughs> no very exaggerated as well yeah. in the most delightful way. <laughs> if you have a good visual memory, or you think you're more of like a visual person, or and are good at holding uh, visual information in your brain and then doing that in a puzzle-type environment, then this, I think, will be very much up your streets. I really like how they've tried to make, you know, that this sort of goal for number of moves as a little replayability mechanic. Um, And, like, it is quite a fun little feature to, like, swipe between perspectives to solve puzzles. My brain doesn't quite work like that, so it didn't work for me, but um, I've realized everyone's brains are different. Thankfully, and I'm not like mine. <laughs> and if this is your kind of thing, then uh, definitely check out this game. Yeah, it is definitely a good take on these going from point A to point B type puzzle games. So if you have liked games like that one we can't you know, isometric games that we can't name, or even stuff like Monument Valley, I'm look it up. Um, yeah, it's really then yeah. definitely check this out. This is has good puzzle elements, and if you like the cute stuff, it definitely adds to it. So check it out my last good point is that if you do like a little bit of story in your puzzle games oh yeah this does have really good cutscenes that are fully drawn out and adorable <laughs> um and allows you to skip them in really effective ways if you don't like waiting around Hello. and still get the story <laughs> yeah so definitely good for that I'm still looking, trying to find, I'm going through our back catalogue. I'm going to find this. Oh, boy. Uh, why is our back catalogue so big? This is... It's, we, we played a lot of we games. We have played a lot of games. I must be on to here somewhere. This kind of feels... Causality. It, it has to be. Causality. I knew it started with a C. Yes. <laughs> okay. Woo! We are clever after all. Yeah. Causality. Yeah. That's the other game that goes from point A to point B, where you can rewind time and sort of 
you know, make sure your person is going in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. On to the bad legs. The bum legs. Uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> um, if, if you're not into puzzles that can cause a little bit of confusion and a little bit of like mind shifts <laughs> of like, wait, what? Uh, this might not be the game for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have that many bad points, to be honest. I thought this was mm. a delightful puzzle game. My brain didn't quite get that satisfaction from from it, but mm-hmm. I still enjoy my time with it, and I want to play some more. Yeah, for sure. Um, my, my other bad point is that, you know, it came down to, at least for the stuff that I played, it came down to memorizing the two views, mm. and it felt like, okay, I... I'll, all I really have to do is memorize these two views and then figure out a way to get there. Um, there might be more elements in the future where you're, you're interacting with different objects that make sense. So that might open up a little bit later, mm-hmm. but from my experience with it, it was about memorizing. And so that could possibly be uh, a point that you want to avoid. Agreed. Sam, what is your final seven day rating? Final seven day rating is five days. Nice. I was able to enjoy my time with little taco <laughs> Uh, during my quarant- quarantining the quarantines <laughs> even without a commute I was still able to get in about five days worth of gaming playing a little bit of levels each time around um, but yeah also a five for me mm. I enjoyed it wasn't completely in love or wasn't completely wrapped up in the puzzling but still, still enjoyed it and I was, think it's worth checking out yeah for sure it's definitely worth the, the two ninety nine that yep. I think it is worth for sure. Just as even even just to watch Taco shake their head. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, that was your choice, uh, which means it now falls to me to select the next game for the next seven days. So, Sam, you have seven days to play. Look out. Earth Atlantis. Earth Atlantis. That's a very dramatic name. Dun, dun, dun. Also, a very confusing name. Earth at- Earth. At- is there different Atlantis? Is, is? is there a Mars Atlantis? Maybe there's going to be a Mars Atlantis. Yeah. Hmm. Moon Atlantis. Anyway. Interesting. Oh, I think this is the first time Sam it has some genuine interest in, a, in one of my selections. I love, <laughs> I love the look that I'm getting uh, from this, might. which is it kind of looks like an old school map with lots of detail, like pencil details. Mm. Um, they mm. have it. Artistic old sketching in quotes mm-hmm. visual style. <laughs> What's well, okay? So the tagline for this is "Deep dive and hunt sea monsters." Deep dive and hunt sea monsters. <laughs> Sam, you have seven days to play Earth Atlantis. Earth Atlantis. Cool. Now it's time for our bonus occasional section of the show: pillow talk. Pillow talk, my favorite section, Edwin. <laughs> Sam, what's your current... How many pillows do you think is currently in your collection? Uh, well, since I found the purple pillow, I haven't, I haven't added to my collection. So okay. it, it probably remains at the last count, which is around maybe six or so. <laughs> A perfectly normal amount. Okay. Perfectly normal. Most of them in storage, wrapped up in garbage bags so they don't gather dust or anything. That's good. Have you, um, have you, have you notarized where they are in Notion? I have. They are in the cabinet of pillows. <laughs> That's going to be our first game that we release. Cabinet of pillows. 
That's that actually. I mean, I I can see the game. Like it's like a block pushing game where you, where have, you to, have to stuff them in. <laughs> where you have to organize your pillows in a certain way, depending on the shape of the cabinet. <laughs> yeah, that could work. Well, Sam, I was looking for some advice because mm. I've I feel like I've gone the distance with my current pillow setup, which is your IKEA pillow. It is the IKEA memory foam pillow, mm-hmm. and then a feather pillow on top. Interesting. Um. So really, I was looking some ad- some advice because I like a firm pillow. Mm-hmm. My ideal would be, you know, a slightly squishy rock. I think I've said that before. Right. If one could buy a slightly squishy rock, I think I would be the first customer for that. Um, so yeah, Sam, do you have any advice for someone looking for a pretty firm pillow? Interesting. Um, yes, because so, I might be in the market. Because I'm just not really, not really doing much these days. Except taking, I'm taking a lot of naps, I think. So I'm realizing that <laughs> I need to up my bedding situation. So where does your pillow usually lie on the back of your head? Like, I'm where besides, do you like, where do you like feeling the support? Oh, yeah, I do quite like having some neck support. Mm. So the memory foam pillow has, so the IKEA one has like a shallow end and a deep end. Yeah. In terms of like a... Like a high end and a low um, end. Yeah. yeah. So I always use the high end because I'm the a high, high end. end individual. Thank you. So you put that high end towards the bottom of your neck. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, okay. So I was going to suggest two things. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> the pillow doctor is in the house. So uh, if you go to a, if you're able to possibly now go to a Korean supermarket or sorts. Oh. They sell um, sort of like a, a cylinder pillow. Mm, right yeah. a cylinder pillow that you put essentially on that bottom part of your neck mm, but it's it's filled with buckwheat husk and mm. it is malleable to a point but once you put weight on it it kind of firms up because mm. it doesn't have room to move around but it's very breathable right mm. it smells nice of buckwheat <laughs> husk. <laughs> husk right i feel like i'm in a Big bowl, bowl of porridge. <laughs> exactly. I don't actually know what buckwheat's used for. Weedabix. You're you're mm. sleeping on Weedabix. Oh, oh man, I miss Weedabix. <laughs> so there's that. Um, if you can't find that on Amazon, they do sell regular pillow sized versions of buckwheat husks. Mm. But you just want to make sure you get a more packed one because you can remove some of the husk that uh, to make it sort of less husky. Fit, yeah, <laughs> fit your support needs. <laughs> But that is what I would recommend. Oh, I like that idea. Right. Because hmm. it right. does keep your head very cool as well because the air passes through. Oh, that's true. How do you get a sweaty head? <laughs> yeah, and memory foam is not good for a sweaty head. Because I know like the commercial, there is a commercial version. When I say commercial, what do I mean? I mean like a hipster, a online, hipster online bedding provider called Hollow, mm. H-U-L-L-O, that does the buckwheat pillow. Oh, interesting. Um, which I've heard about on podcast ads because that's how anyone learns about bedding is on podcasts these days. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, but it sounds like they are maybe just reinventing a... Yeah, a, they're just existing re, repopularizing yeah. uh, an age-old tradition. <laughs> right. And, you know, hey, these Asians have been doing it for thousands of years. They can't be wrong. Right. Let's just make it more artisanal and bespoke. Yeah, and put a 50% and markup on it. triple the price. Yeah. <laughs> so you're still with the purple pillow. I'm still with the purple pillow. It's been serving me real well. No neck issues, no 
No Sweaty Heads. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a good band name. <laughs> Edwin and the Sweaty Heads. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a little, it's a little squishy though. Yeah, it's a little squishy, but it's firm. Mm, like it's okay. it. There's like a, a hard bottom to it, and then like a, a breathable jelly top. It's it's really interesting. The entire pillow is like ten pounds, which oh, it's is a heavy one as well. Wow. It's a heavy pillow, yeah. Mm. So I mm, try. So intrigued by that too. Yeah, so that's been serving me really well. Only issue is that. It is a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. um, and you need. I mean, the to amount like, of naps I take, I think I'm going to get my money's worth. That's true. You do need <laughs> to degas it a little bit because it has uh, a little bit of a smell. That was like me after eating chili. <laughs> <laughs> Got to degas Edwin before we get to the next thing. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for your advice, Doctor Pillow. Mm. I'll check <laughs> out Hollow. And I'll see if that might suit your needs. Yeah. <laughs> Although don't tell your wife if you buy another pillow. <laughs> right. I mean, I'll check it out, meaning like I'll look at the website. Okay. And consider like the pricing because like I think, you know, these these things should have a limit. Buckwheat is pretty expensive uh, mm. in general, but like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll see if it's it's actually worth it. Okay. And we should report back. Yeah. Before we go, things of the week. Oh boy, do I have some things of the week. Oh, I'm glad I'm sitting down for this. Um, have you heard of a little game called Animal Crossing? I have, but I'm still a little sketchy on the actual details. So Animal Crossing... Is it related to Crossy Road? No. Okay. Although they, those were animals crossing a road. They were. But <laughs> Animal Crossing is kind of a lifestyle. <laughs> oh, wow. No, it's, it's not um, just a game. It's a lifestyle. I think the new version, the newest version of Animal Crossing is probably like the fifth iteration of the game from Nintendo. It's sort of the, one of their flagship games. Um, it's a kind of a farming simulator, but it's a little bit more than that. So if you think about games like Stardew Valley, um, I feel like they were all sort of inspired by this genre of games of where, you know, you start off a farm, you grow stuff, you take care of it. You then furnish your home with the money that you make from, you know, producing the fruit and stuff that you farm. So Animal Crossing is kind of all that, but with really good balancing of all the different elements. So within this game, you're set off on this island to start off your new life as a homeowner on this island. And you start off with a tent and a couple of fruit trees around you. You then have to pick the fruits from the fruit tree You can then either plant them again to grow more fruit trees. Um, But the interesting aspect is you can visit other people's islands that have Mm. other fruit. So let's say my island starts off with pears. I can visit someone else that have peach trees. I hear the peaches are in demand because they look like booties. Get their peaches (laughs) and then bring them back to your island and then plant the peach trees. Ah, nice little social social Mm -hmm. angle there. And then you can have more than like five people join your island and have a party, go around, party. You, you fish, you can hunt for insects you, with a net. And then it's just a, a really adorable, cute game that I think is kind of perfect for right now when we're all very anxious mm. and trapped <laughs> within our houses or homes or apartments. Right. 
So the two things I know about Animal Crossing that I've just, you know, absorbed by ambivalence, no, not ambivalence, <laughs> ambient absorption of information. <laughs> That's the word. I am also ambivalent to it. Um, <laughs> well, also, it wouldn't matter because it's impossible to buy a Switch right now anyway, even That's if I didn't true. want to get on it. So, yeah. Um, something about bells. Right. So the currency is bells. <laughs> okay. so you sell your fruit for bells. <laughs> And I don't know why that's a funny sentence. That there's kind of sort of like this, this landlord figure that's a raccoon. His name is Tom Nook. Okay. And he's the one that sort of says, okay, you need to upgrade your house. You've upgraded your house. Now you owe me 98,000 bells. <laughs> that's, that's a noisy amount of bells. Like, how would you even transport that amount? <laughs> you have a special bag of bells that you provide. This, um, oh, this is my bell bag. <laughs> That's exactly what I say whenever I go to supermarket. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other thing, uh, Tarantula Island. Oh, yes. So every once in a while, you can go to a mystery island that allows you to uh, excavate the goods from that island. And it could be anywhere from like fruits or the, the more prevalent amount of fish that's available on this island. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can sort of hack it so that you can get more of one kind of flora or fauna that you might be looking for. And there are ways to hack it so that you can get uh, a whole number of different insects. And I think the most valuable insect that you can sell is a tarantula. Okay. Because from the outset, tarantula island does not sound like a relaxing (laughs) prospect. (laughs) It's very stressful because the tarantulas, if they bite you, you faint. Oh, they are hard to catch? They're hard to catch because they move very quickly. Uh, and so people have been setting up like ways to catch tarantulas effectively, right? And so you can dig holes around your island that only you can jump over, but tarantulas might have a harder time getting across. So you run away from the tarantulas as soon as you sort of spawn them. Okay. Like me in real life, yep. <laughs> exactly. And then hide behind a hole and then catch them as they come towards you. So it's, it's a system. You've got to have a system. Uh, Edwin, what is your thing of the week? Okay, I have I have a practical thing of the week. Mm. With a sharp uptick in the amount of hand washing I'm doing, yes. uh, I'm getting dry skin. Of my hands. So I would like to suggest La Roche Posay. Excuse me? Balm AP1. <laughs> that sounds obscene. What are you saying? <laughs> it's fun to say. La Roche Posay. <laughs> anyway, this is extra dry skin, body and face. This is a moisturizer I've been using. It's certainly kind of a little heavier than i'm used to so it's probably not mm. good for you know hourly applications but in the evenings and the mornings if i'm going to if i'm going to be sitting down for a little while i'll spooge someone to my hands and they <laughs> keep my hands nice and uh, baby soft now do you like lotions that are slightly scented or this has no scent at all so interesting uh, yeah i'm okay I'm, i think i'm on the no scent bandwagon right now so i have an issue with the no scent uh, lotions really and products. There really is a scent, and <laughs> yeah. it kind of smells. In most cases, the no scent scent remi- uh, reminds <laughs> me of saliva. Okay, right. I, like, I'm sniffing this live on air. I know exactly what you mean. Like the no scent is a lie, but this actually very, very mild. Like, yeah, possibly just like a freshly picked apple. Okay, so see. The good, the good products that have no scent actually has a little bit of scent, right? 
Um, and I think that's what I really, really like. And I know La Roche Posay, like, I use some of their products, like, like their lip balms and stuff like that. And they're a very good French brand. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like stuff like Kiehl's. Mm. If you've ever used their product and they have like these scentless sunblocks or like scentless face lotions, lies. It smells like saliva and it's gross. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's no, that's no good. It's uh, like the paraben or like whatever moisturizer or like the oil that they're using. It just, I don't like it. it especially when it like hits your skin. It does, you know, it obviously like it reacts. And for me, it's not a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sam, how did you get on with Westworld? I know you were talking about it last week. Um, I didn't start it. I have so many other things to watch. Including I've been watching children. this, including children. I've been watching this really weird thing on Netflix just because it's like a casual watching. It's like this strange anime about this high school in Japan where it's all animals. It's oh. called it's called beast stars so think about like um zootopia right but in like a high school setting okay and there's like this weird uh, political thing between carnivores and herbivores oh yeah yeah and there's like an underlying sexual tension in it which kind of makes it seem like it's for furries but Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) But it's 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 odd, but intriguing, and I'm kind of watching it at an arm's length. But the story is genuinely pretty good. It's about like coming of age and coping mm-hmm. with like this character's carnivore tendencies, but is interested in an herbivore. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. I don't know, it's weird. Forbidden love, forbidden love, unrequited love. Yeah, what's it called? It's called Beast Star. So the name is really dumb as well, <laughs> which kind of. I attracted like me to it because it's yeah, so isn't that dumb. A trope, like the dumber the name, the better the anime. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's apparently was like a comic before, uh, mm. but it gained some popularity. Uh, Sam, I think they call it a manga. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, owned again. <laughs> um, okay, so if you do get back into Westworld. Mm. I think this is a YouTube channel I mentioned before, but um, Alt Shift X. Mm. I think they. I found out about them because they would do great recaps of um, uh, that thing with the dragons. Right, oh, uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Thank you, boy. Brain is adult. Um, well, I easy to forget now. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> just it's not just a recap. It's also like goes in deep into trying of looking at like symbolism and metaphors and really like. It's your friend who knows way too much about said topic. Oh, excellent. They present it in an interesting way. So I certainly had the experience of, you know, I, I, so I've seen the first two episodes of Westworld, season three. I'm just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then I go watch the Orchard X recap and then I'm like, oh. oh, I was like, oh, now I'm actually okay. I'm like, okay, I'm now actually, you're into now I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Like I kind of, it just rides that line of being well explained, but doesn't make you feel too stupid for not realizing or not noticing certain things. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's very well done. And uh, so you yeah. recommend that I watch this instead of watching season two. Yeah. So the screen crush recap of season mm. one and two is a 15 minute video with like way too much information and you'll be baffled, but 
you know, we kind of you can get the sort of broad strokes of what's happening. And then if you kind of watched the first first episode of season three and you're a bit like, oh, that's okay. Right. I suggest, yeah, check out all Shift X. Because then you're like, oh, oh, I see. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll definitely so, do that then. Yeah. Because I think I need a good show to kind of take my mind things off of things. Yes. Agreed. Um, devs, which I talked about last week, yeah. is wobbling a little bit. I think I said at the time, wasn't totally sold on that week's episode. And then mm-hmm. this week's episode also, mm. I don't know. It's starting to... Mm, starting to falter a little bit it's starting to sort of crumble under its own weight pretentious self-importance ah, pretentious, <laughs> but like it's certainly like yes seeming to sort of falter a little bit gotcha um i also have a a bit of an update um i think last week i mentioned tales from the loop which i still haven't Ooh. watched yet but it's on my yeah. list um and i mentioned that the artist uh that did all the concept art for it is Simon Stallenberg, but actually his name is Simon Stallenhog. Oh, okay. And just a little bit of correction there. So okay. I Save did a few tweets. <laughs> yeah, I did update the show notes to say his proper name, uh, but his artwork is absolutely amazing. So if you get a, if you want to check out some of his artwork, it's very cool. You should check it out. And that's our show, Sam. You have seven days to play Earth Atlantis. Earth Atlantis, the deep hunting monster hunt yes yeah. <laughs> tweet us your gaming suggestions at seven days to play and find us on spotify at seven days to play or wherever you listen to your podcasts seven days to play, seven days to play. Seven days to play.